You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Kevin Myers as he delivers for the birds. Hey, what's going on, 12 Stone fam? So good worshiping with you guys today. Hey, I'm here with my daughter, Collins. Collie, can you say hi? What's up, everybody? We know you guys are hanging out with your families um, in your living rooms right now watching online. We're about to turn our attention to our senior pastor, Kevin Myers. But kiddos, now is the time. We talked about it earlier. Now is the time you can pick up your iPad or your Kindle or whatever device you guys have set aside with your headphones. And we're going to help you guys um, kind of navigate to get to some videos that we have created just for you. So parents, if you want to get iPads with your kids, got headphones, Kali has her headphones. And parents, we're going to show you how to get there. Go ahead and open your browser. And when you open your browser, you're going to go to 12stone.com. If you scroll down on 12stone.com, you're going to see a kids tab. And under that, you're going to see a link that's going to say video lessons. And you can click on that. When you click on that link, it's going to take you to several different videos. Um, And you can watch them for preschool or or elementary age kids. And whatever the age of your kiddos are, you guys can go ahead and watch those. So, Kali, you can put your headphones on. She's going to start hers. She's in first grade, so she's going to watch the elementary school one. You guys can be doing that at home. And parents, as they're getting set up, you can get your Bibles as well. We turn our attention to our senior pastor, Kevin Myers. So welcome to 12 Stone Online. So good to be with you and to be together. And today's teaching, well, it's for the birds, literally. So I want you to tell the person sitting with you, whether you're gathered with friends or family or or, or as a couple or, or, or even if you're on your own, then you just say it to Jesus, if you will. Just tell the other person, this is for the birds. Tell them right now, this is for the birds. We'll have a little bit of fun with that through today's teaching. But we left off last week by delivering the first of two faith mantras. We need faith mantras. Those got to be formed deep in us or fear takes over. Let's remind us where we left off. Things may be falling apart for us, but they are falling in place for God. See, things aren't falling apart for God. God's not surprised by the pandemic or the economics. God's not uncertain or fearful. God's sovereignty is not upended. He's not looking for good counsel to get him through this. God's not filled with worry. Now, we might not fully understand all that God's allowing versus what God's authoring, but we trust him alone. And if we don't get that faith mantra deep in our soul, live that out in this season and going forward, then we're going to get stuck in the first part of the mantra, things are falling apart. You live in that long enough, and eventually you're falling apart. Eventually, if things go longer than you feared, if it costs more than you can handle, then you begin to fall apart. (laughs) But God's not falling apart. See, what we know by faith is that in all things, God works together, all things, all things, even these circumstances, 
for our good. Now, that's true of all of us who walk with God and respond to the love of God, and he wants that for you. Maybe, maybe if you don't know him, today is when you get things put right with God and you get restored to him. It'd be awesome. But things are falling in place for God. Second mantra. Here we go. Here's the second one. We're going to talk it and then teach it for the day. Since God is looking out for you, you can look out for others. Since God is looking out for you, you can look out for others. Now, this is what you you begin to write down. You put it in your phone. You write it down and put it on the fridge with the other mantra because this has got to get in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. It's got to breathe. You got to speak this to each other in your marriage, in your family, in relationship. So say it with me. Listen. Everybody's got to say it with me. Say it loud and proud. We'll do it a couple times. You ready? Together. Since God is looking out for you, you can look out for others. Maybe look at the other person if someone's with you and say it again. Since God is looking out for you, you can look out for others. So let's talk about it, shall we? Let's unpack this. Since God is looking out for you. When I was growing up, my mom used to say, well, this is for the birds. Anybody have like a, maybe a parent or a grandparent or older generation? Hands up, just do it anyway. If, if you've heard that phrase before, somebody in your family's used it, maybe you use it. This is for the birds. And what does that mean? Do you, do you know what that means? I, I always knew what it meant in, in basic idea. When mom would say, this is for the birds, she meant, well, this is useless. Well, this doesn't even matter. Well, this is unimportant. It's useless to us but it's good for the birds. It's just useless to us. Now, I wondered, where did that come from? So I, I, I looked it up. Here's what I found. According to Robert Claiborne, uh, he was born in the early 1900s, became a popular writer. But, but according to him, this refers uh, to city streets before cars. L- let me read what he wrote. When I was a youngster on the streets of New York, one could both see and smell the emissions of horse-drawn wagons. So delicately put, smell the emissions of horse-drawn wagons. Uh, Since there was no way of controlling these emissions, the undigested oats in them served to nourish a large population of English sparrows. So if you say something's for the birds, you're politely saying it's horse poo. Well, there you have it. <laughs> you are now informed. That's what I mean. I, you know, I don't, I don't know that my mom ever knew that. Uh, if she did, she never told me. So where am I going with this? <laughs> Last weekend, I told you that Marsha and I, three weeks ago, were, were in Israel. And while we were in Israel, I had a chance just to, to teach the 50 in, in our group at the place where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Just this profound teaching of the transition from from this law and and trying to externally be religious to internally uh, living out of relationship with God and the love of God and the life of others. It's just profound teaching. It's kind of the centerpiece for Jesus. And what he was doing is delivering, this is how you live life to the full. You want a full life, this is how you live. You want the most blessed life you can have on earth. Here's how you live it. And he delivered at the beginning of chapter 5 in Matthew what is often called the Beatitudes. Let let me give a a, a couple of them to you in in the message form. 
the message version. You're blessed. Here you go. You're blessed. When you're at the end of your rope with less of you, there is more of God and his rule. Man, we don't believe that. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Maybe that's part of what's happening in this season. When you get to the end of your rope, maybe that's the place where you learn to embrace the one who's most dear to you. Here's another one. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Jesus is inviting us into a relationship where we wake up to the size of who God is. When the Pharisees, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, heard Jesus teach things like this, you know what they said? (laughs) This is for the birds. (laughs) Ah, his teaching's useless. Dismiss it. It's for the birds. Now listen, some things are for the birds, to be honest with you. I I, I thought about this. I I don't know. You might might have your list of things that are for the birds. I have mine. One of them is making your bed in the morning. I'm sorry, but but that's for the birds. I I don't understand it. I want to be careful here, but but, but my wonderful wife, Marsha, she she just, when you wake up, we got to make the bed. And I'm like, why? We're going to be back in it in 16 hours. I want it ready and welcoming me. Why do we need to make the bed? Oh, it's for the company. We have never had company come over. And in the first few minutes say, hey, this is awesome, but um, can I go check your bedroom? I just want to see if your bed's made. In fact, in the present circumstances, company's not even coming over, right? Let's be honest. So, so I don't get the, the, the making the bed thing and and and. You know what? I just prefer to have it ready when I go to bed at night. However, however, we make the bed. Except in January, about three months ago, when Marsha was down in Disney doing that dopey run, the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, the full marathon, she was gone for eight days. And Jade, our 16-year-old and I, were home alone for eight days. For eight days, we never made our beds. We never even opened the curtains. We just left it dark and awesome. Every time we went to bed, it was welcoming us. It's like the bed was saying, come on in, enjoy yourself. It was just all ready for us. Now, of course, on the eighth day, when Marsha, when mom was coming home, we opened the curtains, cleaned everything up and made the beds because I want to stay married. But, but listen, listen, kids, students, you're listening to this. Don't, don't you turn to your mom and say, see, it's for the birds. No, no, no. You're going to make your bed if she says so. <laughs> but between us guys, that's for the birds. Now, stay with me. If you can, if you can make this turn with me, Jesus was saying, Faith is for the birds. You got to follow the twist. Faith is for the birds. If you could understand the birds, you would understand that your heavenly father is looking out for you. It's almost as if when he was there on the Sermon on the Mount and he was teaching the crowds, birds at just the right time flew over and he looked up and he taught. Look look at this scripture from Matthew 6. 
Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds. There you go. Look at the birds of the air. Let me look up. He's, he's right out in the open. He's out on this, this, this hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. The birds may be just in perfect timing because he's Jesus. And they flew overhead and he said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? If you understood the birds, you would understand that your father in heaven is looking out for you. <laughs> Listen, Jesus was not saying don't attend to your work, don't attend to providing. He's saying this, don't be so consumed with it as if it all depends on you. It's not all on you. Your heavenly Father's looking out for you. When we get in moments like pandemic and economic uncertainty, I mean, we're committed to looking out for our family, for ourselves, for our employees, for our business. And worry begins to rise. I mean, we, we can't act. We have to react because, because things are being taken out of our hands. We can't even operate in business like we're used to. This is destabilizing. This is uncertain. What do you do? And in the midst of that, Jesus steps in and says, this isn't all on you. You have a heavenly father. Look up. You see the birds? The birds are a reminder that he cares for them. He looks out for them. How much more valuable are you? He loves you so deeply. See, when I, when I was out there teaching on that hillside, the Sermon on the Mount, and I was trying to put this point in play that God's looking out for you. I said, well, it would be like if birds began to fly over. I'm telling you, say with me, I'm telling you, just as I said that, birds began to fly over. Like literally, it, like, almost, almost like jets flying over the Super Bowl at perfect timing. I, it blew all of our minds. All of us, just everybody, I, I quit teaching, I had to. Everybody started talking like, oh my goodness, get their phones out and, and video it, take pictures. Because God was doing it right in the moment, reminding us. In fact, we, we, got, we got one, somebody sent me a video of it. It's not perfect, but it's just enough to give you a sense of the moment. This is literally what they videoed in the moment I was teaching. Check this out. catch up to how awesome that moment was. That you go out this week, you hear the birds, you see the birds. Maybe every time that's the Spirit of God here forward wanting to say to you, your Heavenly Father's looking out for you. You know, after that, for the rest of the trip, they all called me Birdman. <laughs> oh, it was entertaining. See, because real faith is for the birds. See, real faith knows that God's looking out for you far more than the birds, and he looks out for the birds. Maybe that's why God has you here. Maybe that's why you're listening to the teaching today. Because the Spirit of God is drawing you to himself. In fact, I, I, I want to take a moment to pray over you. 
We were in a prayer time yesterday, and it was so powerful. When Megan began to sing this song of blessing, I was so moved by it that I shifted today's teaching and said, I want to pray over people, only I want the prayer to be in song. This is scripture sung over you. As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're listening to this, let the Spirit of God pour this into you and receive this. He is with you. He is for you. His blessing is on you. He's before you. He's beside you. He's behind you. He's within you. Receive the blessing. This is a prayer sung over you. Receive it. And then we'll go teach the second half of this mantra. For some of you, as you hear this prayer sung over you, you don't know Jesus. If, if you don't know Jesus, you can. You can get in right relationship with God. Let me, let me just give you the scripture that is true about uh, what God is teaching us and what Jesus did for us. You found out you don't have to listen to sin to tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you. So you can listen to God, not sin. What a surprise. It goes on. A whole healed, put together life right now with more and more of the life of life on the way. In other words, God gives you more and more life. He puts it together. You get right with God. And you get more and more of the life of God here and now. You work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. I mean, that's what's coming. It's the consequence of sin. But God's gift is real life, eternal life delivered by Jesus, our master. Listen, if, if, if that doesn't make sense to you, let me, let me just give you an imagery. If this is God and this is you, we were created by God and for God to be knit with him. God is looking out for you. But what sin does is it separates us from God and we turn and go our own way. That separation is caused by us and sin. But in God's amazing love for us, through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to bridge this gap. God, God is looking out for us. He's coming after us. He's, he's in love with us. He wants to restore us to him. And that's all possible through Jesus dying on the cross. We'll talk about that at Easter. And maybe Easter is when you turn and get right with God. But you don't have to wait to Easter. You could do that today. That through Jesus, you turn. And you receive his forgiveness and you are restored to God. Maybe that's what God's doing right now in this season for you. In fact, after this song of prayer, as you hear it, you might say, I want that to be true for me. And I'll give you a moment to say yes to Jesus. I know we're only halfway through the teaching, but this God is soaking our soul. God is with you. God is for you. He's looking out for you. Receive this prayer over your life, would you? Children, the children, and the children. 
Father, may this blessing rest in the hearts and the souls of all who would receive it. And I pray you would receive it. Know it more deeply than you've ever known it, that he's looking out for you. You're not on your own in this. None of this is surprising, God. And if, if you don't have this restored relationship with God, you don't have to wait to Easter. You, you, can, you can solve that right now before the Lord. You can resolve it. You're over here and God's saying, come to me. And if his Holy Spirit is drawing you, then, then you can offer him a prayer right now. And the prayer looks just like this. I'm going to put the prayer here. Heavenly Father, I believe you created me and that you love me. Please forgive me through Jesus. Restore me. I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for eternal life through Jesus. Amen. And we're going to leave the prayer right there for a moment. And if any of you right now have a sense that this is your time, to get restored to God, then everybody join with me in whispering the prayer. But for some of you, this is your moment. Pray it right now. Get right with God. Here it is. Heavenly Father, you whisper. You offer your prayer to him. Heavenly Father, I believe you created me and that you love me. Please forgive me through Jesus. Restore me. I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for eternal life through Jesus. Amen. And I want you to know right now, all of heaven is having a little party. They're celebrating for you. They're celebrating over you. Not because you've done anything, but because God made it possible for you to be restored. In fact, I want you to do something. I want you to get on your phone. And you might be on your phone anyway. And I want you to text. 
text Jesus, just text Jesus to 37748. Because you're not on your own. You're not alone. We're going to encourage you in this. So 37748 and text Jesus to that number. We want to encourage you. I know we're halfway through that teaching of the mantra. But you got to get the first half or you can't live the second. In fact, maybe, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard what it means to get right with God through Jesus. And you're, you're, you're not quite ready. You might be by the end of this teaching for the next several minutes. We'll come back and put that prayer in front of you again. But once you know that God is looking out for you, come on. <laughs> Let me put it back out there. Since God is looking out for you, what? You can look out for others. Tell each other that. Right where you're seated. You can look out for others. Look at your family members. You can look out for others. We can look out for each other. If you're with friends, we can look out for each other. You're, you're driving in the car. Just repeat it to God. I can look out for others because God's looking out for me because I'm taken care of, because I'm covered, because uh, I know I'm okay. I can look out for others. That's how you're able to look out for others. <laughs> God's got you covered. And, and listen, it transforms our relationships. When you know Jesus, in fact, you just came to Jesus. Listen, he's going to transform your relationships, your marriage, your family, your co-working relationship. However, that shakes out here in law, however long this lasts. In the community, in the church. In a crisis. Listen, followers of Jesus Christ. We should shine the brightest when things are the darkest. Because we have a father looking out for us. So like nobody else, we can look out for others. Why do we do this? Because of Jesus. Look at Philippians chapter 2. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's what he says in chapter 2, verse 5. Well, what is the mindset of Christ Jesus? Well, he told us just before that in verse 4. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. <laughs> you get it? I mean, this look, you got to look out for others. This is supposed to transform your relationships, and it does. Live it out. In fact, Jason, I, I'm going to call Jason out here to, to help me. We were talking about this, and, and how do you look out for others? I mean, you're asking the question, how do you look out for others? Well, let's get practical, Jason. We, we were kicking this stuff around. Yep. Let's talk about this. Family first. This is one way. Jot this down. We'll put it on the TV if that helps you a little bit, but family first. Talk about that. This is one of our mantras in the Berry family. It's family first. Even if you're playing with your friends and someone starts to mess with your brother, your sister, it's family first. That's one of our mantras. Well, while we're locked up at home, right? Uh, things get unhinged quickly. We are locked up at home. Yes. <laughs> because let's be honest. Uh, months ago, all of us were saying, if life could just slow down, <laughs> I want family if we could time. have more family time. And now we're saying, oh my goodness. If we could get away from family. Yeah. I, no, honey. <laughs> yeah. uh, not for you. Not, not for, for me, you. Yeah. For other you, families. Yeah. You yeah. tell Amber and the kids, you want to be home all the time. So we have to take family first to the next level. Right. Because desperate times call for desperate measures. So we actually invited the kids to build a, like a chart, a color chart. You know, they'll put it up on the screen for us. And, and they actually built this. And they have clips with their name on it. And they're able to move Lizzie's higher than Luke and Lincoln. That's always true, probably. Um, but they get to move their clip up or down the board if we catch them doing family first things. So last night, for instance, it was Lincoln's turn for me to carry him to bed. And he said, Daddy, I wanna give my turn to Lizzie. And then he smiled because he knew. I was like, go to the chart, put your name up higher on the chart, and there's rewards based on it. But we're just trying to reinforce that family family first. We can serve even in our homes. So that's, yeah, that's, one, that's of the, one of the practical ways. Is your name on the chart? 
Uh, it's always at the top. Okay. <laughs> always at the very top. Or, or the All right. bottom. Family first. Let's talk about the other. Let's talk about how do we how do we look out for others in this season? Uh, we could we could check on our neighbor. Yeah, absolutely. That's one. We talked about that. Tell me a couple uh, a story. I think that yeah, it's, it's on social media. I've seen a, a bunch of twelve stoners begin to reach out to their neighbors, and we all know in in the the sickness that. Uh, there's people that have underlying conditions, the elderly, that this should truly be a quarantine. Like they should not go out. This is actually dangerous. And so small ways we can we can show Jesus to that, that crowd is just go knock on their door. Say, can I run to the pharmacy for you? Can yeah. I just go pick up groceries yeah. for you? Because for them, going to the grocery store is actually dangerous. And I've seen some 12 centers jumping on, people on their neighborhood Facebook page reaching out. If you need something, let us serve you in that way. And I think That's it just so shows beautiful. the world. When, when God's looking out for us, I can actually look out for other people. Just a practical handhold. And I'm so proud, 12 centers, you're already doing that. But but that might be inspiring to you. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Let me go check on my neighbors and uh, and see how I can serve. How about we call and, and pray? This yeah. has been powerful, and that's why I've been in practice this week, and maybe something you need to, uh, I've never thought about. Let, get, tell a couple of those stories. It's been good. Yeah, it's honestly, it's been it's been over, overwhelmingly good. We, we had, uh, God sort of put it on our heart as a staff that we're just gonna begin to pray, and we're gonna begin to call every single person that calls 12 Stone Home. So every family we're trying to call, and, yeah. and our heart is this, when I grew up in a small church, that's what you do, yeah. right? Yeah. I grew up in a little church of 50 people. If something bad happens, you call people. How you doing? Yeah. And so we literally just started making these phone calls and God has gone before us. Uh, just this week, we, we had a list of people we were calling and we reached out to a guy who was driving to his first cancer treatment. Mm. And he had been driving by himself and just imagine that moment. And he just said, God, would you, would you just remind me that you're with me in this? Mm. His phone rings. Doesn't know the number, answers it. It's a pastor here at 12 and just saying, how can I pray for you? And he breaks down obviously in that moment, but it's just a beautiful reminder that even though it feels like we're quarantined and isolated on our own, God is, God is still moving inside of that. I've, I've called a couple small business owners. God just put that on my heart this week to call and just check in that the weight inside of this economy right now as a small business owner, just able to call it. It's not complicated. No, it's hey, like a bird flying overhead. It's saying, by the way, boom, we see that God's looking out for you. Correct, correct. And, and God's just... God's using those little small touches to remind yeah. us that he's with us and that he is looking out for us so we can look out for other people. And, and when you call, uh, you just call and check up on somebody. Yeah. And I've called and checked up on some friends who I know are carrying great weight uh, in their business and this is uncertain. And when they didn't answer the phone, like, like one friend didn't answer the phone and I left a prayer right on his voice and I said, I'm not calling for anything. I'm just calling to tell you, I care about you. I know things are weighty. And I just offered a prayer in the moment. The prayer isn't profound. It's not like, oh, like, oh, now that God said, oh, that was such a good prayer. I'm going to act on that. <laughs> it, it, you're just, you're, you're demonstrating that God is looking out for you. And I wanted to remind my friend, yeah. my brother, hey, God's, God's looking out for you. Absolutely. Go call and encourage people. All right, those are three good things. Uh, that we better not. Uh, okay, fine. How I can't do the, oh. Let me, let me give you another one. Let, let, let's put it up here. Provide for others. You are such a generous people, and I know it's in our heart to provide for others, and that's complicated in this season. With all that's going on from, you know, being limited to, to, to your place and space and, and things are constricting, how do we, how do you actually uh, provide for others? How do we look out for others that God's inviting us to? And we've been praying through that this week, because uh, it's like you, it's like us to go after that. 
I mean, some of you can remember back when, when the tsunami hit and, and how horrifying what that was. And, and we were among first responders to Sri Lanka and we gave uh, aggressively hundreds of thousands of dollars invested and we sent teams and we helped rebuild and we did that for quite a while. And Katrina uh, hit uh, a year or two after that. And you remember how you know, we helped uh, people who were displaced and, and we sent teams. And it's just because when things get darkest, the church should shine the brightest. It, it, it's on us to be like Jesus to the world. And we got to figure that out in this season as well. You remember uh, 2008, 9, 10, and by 2010, the economic uh, recession issues. And, and we started doing the feeding of the 5,000. If you were here then, it, we probably made a couple mistakes, shut down traffic back then. But, and we did that for the next few years. And it brought us into things like we're even doing this past Christmas. You're just helping bring food to people in need aware of what's going on in schools. I mean, you, listen, we together, you, you paid off the, the school debt for, for thousands of kids. It's awesome. Do you know that, that you've given and invested over $700,000 just at Christmas in food, refrigeration, and feeding the hungry in this territory? I mean, it's just, you're just a profoundly giving church. How do we do that and provide for others going forward? Well, on top of all that we've done, there was just a sense that we got to do a bit more. And we think that, that food is going to be probably the number one that we're going to have to attend to in the coming weeks. And so we're going to use the offerings over the next several weeks to put together a fund, a $500,000 food fund to help people in our church and in this territory who are going to hit places where they desperately need food. And I know right now in your soul, you like want to high five those around you who are part of the church. Say, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I just want you to know when you give, that's what you're giving toward. And we're, we're navigating. We're giving phone calls uh, to the campus pastors and pastors. And we're like, we, we've got to respond to this. And you can't get out and get to all of this. Yes, we're going to continue to do the things we do with food pantry. But, but with limits to get to grocery stores and church locations and facilities, we're going to be the bridge. We're going to make a way. In fact, over the next 24 to 72 hours, we'll have solved with the banking institution uh, how to digitally transact this, literally vetting over the phone through our pastors and then assisting people uh, with food. I'm telling you, it's going to be profound, but we have to do this because God's looking out for us. We go look out for others. Listen, everybody else may be pulling back, but the church pushes forward. We care for people. We are Jesus to the heart of people around us. Let me give you, let me give you one more. Help someone come to faith. You know, this may be the season where people come to faith in Jesus and it's a wake up I don't know that God is authoring all that's going on, but I know that in his allowance, what he's going to do as he allows it is draw people to himself. <sighs> Listen, feeding people with food is a wonderful thing, but the physical body will fade. This, this, this thing right here, it's, it doesn't last forever, but my soul is forever. The most important thing we do, church, is help people find Jesus, get new life in Jesus. It's what we're going to get to do in Easter. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. I mean, this whole thing is kind of crazy. It's all church online. And I thought, how is that going to work? So let me tell you, we're going to do online for the next three Sundays. We at least believe that's the case, which means we're going to do Easter online. Now, if we do more online after that, we'll let you know. If everything gets released before that, we'll do Easter physically together. But you might be thinking, oh my goodness, Easter online, yes, yes, we'll, we'll give you digital invites and how to share and, and, and invite other people. This might be the season when God has the, 
by his spirit, the greatest impact, more people come into the kingdom than any other time in history. This, this is probably the season God's going to use it to transform people's lives. We get to be a part of this. By the way, just so you know, I'm thinking coming into the last weekend, well, this is shutting down church and the kingdom work. I mean, I try to be positive, but I got a little bit in me that struggles and wonders. Did you know that last weekend, our worship experience went online and over 25,000, I don't know the exact number, it's over 25,000 devices, views, long views, which represents some 40 to 50,000 people. That's the most we've ever, ever gathered in the history of the church. Don't you underestimate what God's doing right now. Don't you underestimate how God's going to use you to share and invite people into the kingdom in Easter. This will probably be the highest impact Easter in the history of the church. God's doing stuff. Hey, maybe you don't want to wait till Easter. Maybe you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I want to get right with Jesus. Maybe I, let's just put the prayer back up there. Maybe, maybe this is your moment. Maybe a few moments ago you weren't ready, but right, right now you are. So let's all read the prayer under our breath. And for some of you, the spirit of God's been speaking the last 10 minutes and you're like, okay, it's time. So you offer this to God under your breath. Heavenly Father, Pray it to him. Heavenly Father, I believe you created me and that you love me. Please forgive me through Jesus. Restore me. I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for eternal life through Jesus. Amen. And again, heaven, all of us, we celebrate with you. And we want to encourage you. So text. You text Jesus. Text Jesus to 377 for a gracious God transform lives for everyone who's saying yes to you restore their soul seal this in them so profoundly may we know that you are looking out for us may we look out for others in Jesus name God is with you he's gone before you so we can sing that out in faith today.